Hey everyone, this is Matt Reynolds, the president and founder of Spirit and Truth, and I want to thank you for listening to the Spirit and Truth podcast. Uh, We're so grateful to connect with you. Today, before we begin our episode, I just wanted to uh, share this special message and just ask you to consider prayerfully partnering with our ministry through giving. I don't know if you know this or not, but Spirit and Truth is a standalone 501c3, and everything that we do as a ministry, from our uh, church equipping to all of our resources like Firebrand Magazine to our global partnership and church planting in places like Kenya, all of it is made possible through individuals just like you and through churches who believe in our mission to help raise up more and more people who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in the truth, and mobilized for the mission. And so we're in a critical time of fundraising right now as a ministry, and we'd love for you to prayerfully consider becoming one of our ministry partners. If you'd like to do that, you can go to spiritandtruth.life slash give, and we would appreciate anything that you might be able to give, either a one-time gift or even becoming a monthly ministry partner. All of the information is available there on the website. Again, thanks so much. Thanks in advance for partnering with us in this in this mission to see the church really become fully alive, both in the U.S. and around the globe. Uh, we love you, and we, we appreciate getting to partner with you. You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Elmer, and on today's episode, Emma and I discuss calling— We talk about the broad calling that Jesus issues to all believers, as well as specific and particular calling. We also talk about how calling evolves, as well as the importance of holding on to that general calling to follow and be with Jesus, and how to steward that over an entire lifetime of ministry. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth podcast. I am Maggie Ulmer, and I am sitting here at the table with Emma Winchester. And it's just us. Just the two of us today. All righty. So Tony is out and Matt's out and Emma and I were like, yeah, let's have a podcast and talk about whatever we want. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, so, but we are talking about something I think specific and kind of uh, I don't want to say near and dear, but we both, I think, think about this a lot. You have a lot of strong thoughts about it. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a negative no. way. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit about calling Yep. and the expression of calling. And we'll see where this conversation takes us. But Emma, you wrote a Substack. Yeah, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And um, do you recall it well enough to sort of... Uh, sure. So I believe the Substack was titled Spiritual Spiritual Formation of the Next Generation. Mm. And it was basically all about the next generation and how they are coming to understand calling and identity and um, all of those things and how we just have to be really careful about how we lead the next generation um, when it comes to calling. Mm-hmm. And what does calling mean? all of those fun things so yeah and we I think I love that's one of my favorite sub stacks that you wrote um and I love all of your sub stacks just for the record but um (laughs) I really enjoyed that one because I could see sort of elements of just your own experience and conviction in it and I always think that's a powerful place to sort of 
sort of testify from. Yeah. And so what is your own experience of calling and like what that big word means when somebody is like, you have a calling. You have a calling on your life. Yeah, yeah. I have, you know, it's been so interesting. In the past, I would say probably six months or so, I have really wrestled with what calling means. What, like, what is calling and why is that like the headliner word for every young adult and teenage thing? Like, why is it all about calling? Mm. And I really had to reconcile these two things that there are two different types of calling. There is the Christian calling just to Christ, to Jesus himself, you know, the come and follow me, you know, (laughs) that type of thing. General calling. General calling. And then there is specific calling where the Lord might ask you to obey him in a certain way. So you are called to be a pastor. You are called to work at a bank. You are called to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That is how... Jesus is leading you in vocational life. Sure. So oftentimes I have seen in the past maybe few years, um, I'm heavily involved in teen ministry and uh, stuff like that. And I've seen a huge, huge emphasis on the specific calling about what are you going to do? How is the Lord calling you to obey him you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, stuff like that. Mm. Now, I never really experienced this for myself. I mean, I, at a young age, I started leading my first small group when I was 15. Yeah. I think I was 15 years old and I led a small group for fifth and sixth graders. So they were only a few years younger than me. And for better or for worse, the <laughs> the Lord allowed that. So, um, you know, I was being formed then too. I wasn't, I'm still not out of my form formation. <laughs> so um, I was being formed as a leader and still as a daughter. And then that leadership didn't end there. I was still a, a seen as a leader in other areas of my life and, um, and now I'm 20 years old and I, I, I work for a ministry, you know? Yeah. And so it's like my whole life has kind of been, been marked by some level of leadership. And the beautiful thing is, is that the Lord has grounded me and rooted me so much. Mm-hmm. But I would be lying if I said that there weren't times where, you know, I was like, I don't know if I can step into this yet. I yeah. don't feel ready. I don't feel like fully, you know, I don't feel like my foundation is super firm right now. So like, what do you do in mm-hmm. those moments where it's like, I know that I have a calling, people have said it, people, whatever, but I feel like I'm skipping something. Yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. As I'm listening to, I'm also sort of thinking about the fact that, you know, everything happens all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and this is a phrase that gets used in, in my house a lot, um, you know, Rob and I, we've oriented our our uh, married lives like we were adults when we got married. I was 26, he was 24. Our adult lives have been oriented around ministry, following Christ, the church, things like that. But even when I say that, it's it's a good example of the point I'm trying to make here. Our adult lives. So, you're 20, you're an yeah. adult. 
I'm 45. I'm also an adult. Yeah. These are two very different things. Yep. And so like formation and identity and our sense of calling, they happen over the course of our whole lives. But our whole lives, we go through several different sort of phases and developmental stages. And and in childhood, we have like young children, then we have adolescents, then we have teens, and we have young adults, and then we have adulthood. Yeah. And adulthood's like a hundred years long. Yeah. And so you leading a small group when you're 15, we could call you like an older adolescent, maybe beginning of a, you know, young, maybe. <laughs> young adulthood yeah. would be stretching it there. Oh, no. Yeah. But like, think about how you were understanding yourself as a leader at 15 versus how you understand yourself now. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. And like, even from 18 to 20 is a big difference. Right. Yeah. And now you're 20 and... There's a lot left. Um, yeah, there's a lot left. And so as as I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about that that formational piece. Um, I'm thinking about the importance of it. Right, right. So this was kind of the thing that sparked uh, my interest in calling was I recognized, I was like, oh, wow, we have in this culture a very, very strong emphasis on calling mm-hmm. and on leadership and on um on those things but I I don't know where I learned this from but in your teenage years adolescent teenage years your identity independence and belonging Mm. are the things that you are learning the things that you are being formed in the questions are who am I what can I do and where do I belong who do I belong with Mm. and so when we skip this and move straight into what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Then you miss the identity and belonging piece, the, which would be, I am a daughter or a son of God. And, you know, I belong with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you miss those two things and you push straight into what am I going to do with my life, then you are missing the very foundation of everything that you should be building your life upon. You're even missing the person that you should be obeying. Yeah. So that's that has been what I've been wrestling with is like, how do we create a culture within the church that is so um, driven around you are first called to Jesus himself and like really, really focusing on making a, a very firm foundation on that Mm. so that when you get into you know your later years and Jesus asks you hey will you do this with me or this is how I'm asking you to obey me and this Mm -hmm. is how I'm asking you to participate with me in the body of Christ so that you can say yes and be firm yeah I think that I think those are good questions. I think that is, those are the right questions. I think, you know, I mean, there are lots of reasons why our propensity towards like the the specific calling exists. You know, for instance, I, I'm sure you could point to a lot of different things. Like we're a very individualistically oriented culture. You yeah. know, um, I'm speaking just specifically of Western and particularly American culture. We have the whole influencer culture going, you know, social media is mm-hmm. driving personality. And and so it's so important to, 
we value knowing where we as individuals fit. Yeah. And and it's not bad to be an individual because we know that God made us specifically and intentionally and individually. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. It is so important to know where that sort of unique identity needs to be rooted and the community in which that identity is formed is very important also. Right. Um, it also strikes me that um, as I'm listening to you that that this this these questions are questions that are are ever present mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not like you get out of teenage years and then suddenly stop you're like, asking I know them. everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I mean but we ask them in different and evolving ways and yeah. our, our life circumstances change and so but I what do you think is the reason or or have you heard any explanations as to why all of a sudden there's this um push to like like say come on youngins get out there and do your stuff and be out there in front that sounded really cheesy but um I can I can only tell you what I've witnessed and I don't know if this is right or not but what I've witnessed is um and what I've talked to people in older generations is about is this whole idea around like there was a time when you work and work and work and work and work your way up the ladder and reach a position. And then once you're in that position, you're there. Yeah. You've set, you're like, you made it. Got a career. Right. And now there seems to be this shift from that to, okay, well, how can I um, give a younger person experience by handing off my, my position? Mm -hmm. How can I, uh, give a younger person perspective and, you know, and help them be formed in their giftings mm-hmm. by letting them just like borrow my platform for a second. Sure. And I would say, I don't really know what the reason for that is. I think that there's really beautiful things about that. And I think that there are things to be careful of. Sure. The really beautiful thing is it's like, is a shift away from I own my position. Mm -hmm. Like this thing is mine and no one else's until I'm done with it. So it's, there's a generosity there to say, man, I want to pull someone else alongside with me so that they can learn and grow and, but not have all of the pressure of the position. I think that's a really beautiful thing. I think the thing to be careful of though is as people are still being formed, as the younger people are still being formed in their identity and um, their rootedness in Christ, it can be tempting, even for me as a young person, to then switch and find my value only when I'm given opportunities to speak or Mm -hmm. only when I'm given opportunities to, you know, to write or to whatever it is. Sure. The temptation is if I'm not like it almost feels like, oh my gosh, if I am not rooted enough or careful enough, my temptation is to just completely, okay, well, forget you, Jesus. This is where I'm getting applause. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm getting recognized. This is where I'm getting, you know, attention. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the thing that is so tricky. Yeah. you. We were talking about this before the podcast started. You and I both have backgrounds in performance. Yeah. You're, you were a dancer. I was a dancer. And I've 
spent a billion years in theater. And (laughs) it is very challenging sometimes Mm -hmm. um, to sort of understand yourself separate from applause. Yeah. You know, especially when you take that on as a... um, as a job, as a vocation. Right. And I think that we've discussed this on previous podcasts, how church leadership can oddly have some parallels, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're a person in front of other people. And even though, you know, all of us are ideally our heart dispositions are to glorify God and to give God glory for the things that are done. We can't control what other human beings do. Yeah. You know, the way they come up to you and they're like, oh, that was so great. Or you're so this, or you're so that, or I'm so, I needed to talk to you. And yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) you have to really guard your heart against taking those things in. Truly. You've had some strange experiences. I like have that. had some strange, <laughs> strange experiences with people walking yeah, up to me. So and this alive, is like, it's so weird. It is weird, but like, I don't know what to do with that stuff. Like, when people walk up to me and they're like, you have a word from the Lord for me. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, and so that's what I mean is so. It is so good to call out gifts and other people and it's so good to encourage and um, to build each other up and to help young people see this is the gift that God has given you. Like this is a true thing from the Lord. Um, But I think it's just as important to not only help them craft their gift, but to also help them guard their gift. Yeah. Like from misuse. Right. We were just talking before about how there are certain things within our lives that we keep guarded just between you and the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. this doesn't have to, even if I'm good at it, it doesn't have to be a thing that I give away to everyone else so that everyone else sees. It can just be between me and the Lord. And maybe, maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the line, if the Lord asks me to, you know, let other people into that, sure. But for everything like if everything that I do is always given away to other people, then that leaves nothing between me and the Lord. That's just absolutely for, right. Just for him and I. Yeah. It's interesting how, as we talk, I'm struck by how deeply interconnected um, that sense of, of how calling automatically can impact your intimacy with yeah. the Lord. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think that, um, one of the things that I've been turning over quite a bit is, you know, being a person who is sort of in midlife, you, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about these things very intentionally right now because, because I wouldn't, (laughs) this is such like a a ministerial thing to do. It's like, (laughs) notice you're in a new phase of life and then like make a project out of it. But that's what I'm doing. So, so, but I have sort of like, my kids are getting older you know, I, oh wait, I have to be honest. It's not that they're older. I have like essentially launched two of my three children. And mm-hmm. now I have this almost 13 year old at home. And my husband and I are kind of like, oh crap, now what? Yeah. Like, there's so much space now. And so. It's like last firsts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Last firsts. And now what you, so instead of just sort of like, doing maybe what I would have done 10 or 15 years ago, which is just like put my head down, white knuckle through it Mm -hmm. and just be like, it'll be fine. 
and now I'm kind of slower trying to be more reflective trying to be sort of like okay well where are we lord Mm -hmm. and what's next you're not a god of poverty or lack you're a god of abundance so there must be abundance in this season too Mm -hmm. where i'm understanding myself in a new way and the first thing that has come up in in my time of discernment and conversation with the lord is returning to the love of first things yeah those sort of like foundational identity questions that you're saying in in adolescence when we first encounter them. So it's interesting. Midlife is kind of like a second adolescence. (laughs) You feel awkward. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Yeah. But um, what I have realized is that, you know, my intimacy with the Lord has never waned, but it has certainly been compromised in many ways by all of the responsibilities Mm -hmm. of raising children of having work to do things like that and now all of a sudden there's a new invitation to be like it can just be you and me yeah and what's interesting about what you're saying about the thing that's just between you and the lord you know I am well into the season of my life where my gifts my abilities are out there Mm -hmm. in fact we're recording this podcast, and sometimes as I'm editing podcasts, the thought I have is, I am so sick of hearing my own voice. <laughs> um, but I feel like, okay, this could be a season where I rediscover something or I discover something new. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Yeah. It's terrifying, too. Yeah. Because you get old and comfortable with not ever having to not know how to do something. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of awesome. Yeah. And here's the thing that I love about what you're saying is, like you said, 15 years ago, if some type of change or transition or new season was happening, you would have stuck your head down and white knuckled through it. But because you have such an intimate relationship with the Lord, you are able to slow down. You have enough trust in him to be like, oh, I can... I can really like understand what's happening right now and not be shaken to mm-hmm. the point of I'm moving across the country. Yeah, or blowing my life up in some right. destructive way. Right. Whereas, think about yourself however many years ago, if this type of tra- change and transition and stuff was happening and you felt the pressure of, I know I have a calling to a certain thing, but right now I... I'm struggling, I, I, you know, whatever mm-hmm, it is, mm-hmm. what would you have done if you didn't have the foundation of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is even as you're saying this, what I know about life and human development is that you do have many transitional crises along the way. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking of myself at 30 and I'm thinking, oh, I did do that. Yeah. Like I did have a version of this moment in when I turned 30 mm-hmm. where I had to be like, you know, navigating those circumstances. And, you know, it's interesting. I didn't handle it excellently, but I didn't handle it destructively because I had some foundation yeah. in identity. And so that's another thing that, It's like that return to the foundational things. It's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. In every season of Christian life, you like 
it's not like I grow out of prayer. No. Or grow out of reading because no. I read the Bible once. Or, you know what I mean? Jesus is always issuing that general call, follow me. Right. That never stops. Yeah, it never stops. And so, it, but if you never learn it to begin with, mm-hmm. this is what, like, if you never ever learn, oh, like, I have to pray every day. I have to read every day. Not mm-hmm. because it's like, Jesus is like, oh, if you don't, you know, something horrible is going to happen. Yeah. But because of the intimacy that has to be developed, yeah. because of the foundation that has to be built, like, if you don't have that, and you build your life on a platform, whatever it is, whatever vocation it is, mm-hmm. if you build your life on it, one day or another, it will disappoint you. Yeah. Something will change, you know, transition happens or a life circumstance happens, and that foundation will not catch you. Mm-mm. It's so true. It's so absolutely true. Um, well, let's talk about intimacy here for a second. Like yeah. we, these are words that um, prayer people like you and like me, we use. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you should be intimate with the Lord. And other people are like, man, what does that what? mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I hear myself sometimes use this spiritual language and I'm like, I would be so annoyed with me. I would be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. This is emotional. Yeah. Um, what is... For you, what does intimacy with the Lord look like, feel like? How would you describe it if someone was like, I don't know what that means? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me think, because it's looked different in each season. And I hope it's grown, you know, in different ways. But to me, for me right now in the season, like just consistency Mm. is intimate for, you know, the Lord and I like just to meet together like no matter what the time looks like if I'm reading if I'm journaling if I'm praying if whatever it is like that is intimate because it is set aside time yeah so that's what it looks like to me at least how to build it I I don't feel like I've reached a point where it's like oh like my intimacy with the Lord is you know whatever I don't actually I think that that's really good and I think that you're the point that you're making about seasons, that's absolutely true. Um, it looks different in different seasons, but I think that the offering mm-hmm. and the posture of the heart in the offering, I, you know, I'm sure somebody's write me an email and be like, actually, it's not the main thing. But I often, there have been seasons in my life where I'm like, this is what I have. I have the posture of my heart and the fact that I'm remembering and offering. Yeah, You know, when I was, a young mother and I was exhausted and I had two children under the age of five and I was just like, I'm delirious. Yeah. What I had was, was that. Yeah. I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Now, now, like for me, the stage of life that I'm in, <laughs> and, and it's really maddening for someone like me, the thing that the Lord has asked of me is stillness. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like, mentally active stillness it's nothing Mm -hmm. and I had this moment in prayer I don't know a couple days ago and I feel like this is okay to say sometimes I hear things in prayer and the Lord's like "Mm -mm, we don't share those things Mm -hmm. but um where I thought to myself I needed to write down Lord I am nothing I have nothing I can do nothing Mm -hmm. outside of you and in you I am all things I can do all things and I have all things in you yeah and I just needed to know 
what the difference was. Yeah. So even though it's, it sounds a little harsh to say I am nothing, but the thing is, is it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's you're, you're my most human, the most human I can be Yeah. is in Christ and separate from him. I'm a mess. Yeah. And I'm without compassion, without mercy, mm-hmm. without joy and all of the fruit of the spirit. So anyway, it's just interesting. So that's what I, that's what my prayer time with the Lord looks like. It looks like I'm sitting still. Yeah. You know, what's so good about that is I heard someone say um, the other day that the prize of prayer is his presence. Mm-hmm. And that is something that like, even I notice in you, like even in that stillness is like, you know, that when, when you pray, sure, you pray about all these different things and for different people. Sure. But the primary reason that you pray is to be with the Lord. Yeah. And so I'm going to circle back to young people in formation. Amen. If, if you only know to pray about your calling mm-hmm. or about what, like, like what's next or what are you asking me to do and what, like, how am I going to get there? And will you do this thing? And but like, if it's always strivy like yeah. that if you never learn that his presence is the prize just to be with him is enough yeah then then your whole life will just be spent with seeking the prize seeking the prize yeah. and you don't understand that actually like my prize at the end of my life will be jesus will be his presence mm-hmm. yeah that is so true and it's so enough. Mm-hmm. It really is enough because the real gift of calling is to partner with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not the fruit of, um, it's, it's not recognition. Right. It's not even like feeling fulfilled by the thing that you're doing. No. And that it shouldn't be actually. No. And, and honestly, I mean, for the people who are working in ministry, you often know that there's so many aspects of ministry that are unfulfilling yeah that are very taxing yeah and um and i don't say that from a place of of resentment or or bitterness or anything it's just it's just true reality yeah Yeah. so um but it again it's that identity that gives you the strength to do it and and even allows you to have love in the midst of it Mm -hmm. so it's just it's so interesting Mm -hmm. you know yeah I think like as we're talking about this, uh, recently I've been reading about Joseph mm-hmm. and in his life and all of that stuff, partly for class and partly because I need to read my Bible. And you're speaking of Joseph. <laughs> Joseph from the Old Testament. Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, earlier I mentioned the identity, independence and belonging, like those aspects when, and so I'm sure you know the story, but in let's see, it's Genesis 37. Um, Joseph, he knows that he is one that his father loves. Mm -hmm. It says right at the beginning, before anything happens, Joseph was the one, even though he was younger than the other brothers, he had favor Mm -hmm. in the sight of his father. Then, he has a dream. So that's the identity piece. Right. He knows I am one that my father loves. I'm a son. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Mm-hmm. I'm loved. Then he has a dream 
about what his independence would be, about what the Lord would be asking him to do. He has a dream about, you know, how he would reign over his brothers and his family. Seven, the sheaves of wheat and yeah. the stars in the sky. Right. And, yeah. and we were talking about this before, but he... He tells he tells the dream in a total seventeen year old way. Yeah, you know, like, basically, I'm awesome, and you guys, and suck. I'm gonna reign over you. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and but this is the thing that we see redeemed at the end. So that's his independence. He knows that that is his calling. That mm-hmm. it would come because it came from the Lord, right? And so it's not a bad thing to know your calling at seventeen years old or even all. younger yeah. with David. But but he also knew that his belonging should have been with his family. Yeah. But instead of having a family that really formed him and helped him, his family betrayed him and sold him because of jealousy. Mm -hmm. And so his belonging was shaken. His identity was shaken because he didn't have his father around and his, he didn't know what to do with his calling. Yeah. Yeah. All of that is redeemed at the end of the story. When, he is returned to his father mm-hmm. his independence the lord did it yeah you know he did. he did it and despite his family betraying him and yeah and their jealousy and hatred towards him and at the end he ends up taking care of you know his family mm-hmm. and so all of those things this is the point that throughout many seasons of life like those questions are still being formed in our hearts. They're still being solidified and deepened. And, um, you know, our inner man is still yeah. learning those things. It's never too late to rebuild the foundation. Yeah. It's never too late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, he has that awesome moment with his brothers mm-hmm. where he's like, look, you didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what is this? this is one of the only the most one of the most quotable lines in all of scripture what the enemy meant for evil god used for, for good. good yeah and so i i think about that all the time you know we're going to make mistakes in calling yeah and also there will be circumstances that come against us in our calling um and the thing is is god is good mhm what the enemy intends for evil god will use for good yeah and that foundation, like we don't, you know, the blessing is, is that we don't have to somehow wait for all of the human circumstances to align so that we can be reunified with our father the way Joseph um, was with right. his father. Right. You know, we can go right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can finish listening to this podcast and sit with the Lord. Right. And I mean... There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that feels like a good place to wrap up. Sure. Do you have any closing thoughts, Emily? I don't think so. All right. That's been our podcast for today, you guys. And uh, sort of a little uh, reflection on calling and development and to never, ever, 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 ever leave the first love yeah of being called by the lord and um he loves you yep all right (laughs) that's been our episode for today thank you so much for listening and if you want more information about spirit and truth and the ministry that we do head on over to our website spiritandtruth.life we'll come back to you in the next conversation bye